Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Leslie. Welcome to Quince. A little sweet, a little tart, and a little unexpected. It is Sunday, November the 20th, 2016. And we've been a little bit behind. We have. Yeah. I looked. It's been a month. Yeah, well, October happened. October in the mountains. Yeah, and then Daddy gave me a cold. You had a cold for a while. Yeah, yeah, and, it, and then after I get a cold, I cough for about two weeks. So mm. I miss all kinds of great things that were going on because I didn't want to go out and cough. Oh, so. yes. <laughs> well, I hope you are better. I'm all better. I may cough a little bit, but I'm all better. So you've been doing lots of great things, though. So. Oh, just busy with work, yep. both jobs. Yes, I did get to take a trip with work. Yay. Yes, we took a group down to Oak Island mm. um, in North Carolina, very, very southern point, and stayed at a really amazing place called Fort Caswell, which is owned by the Baptist Assembly, <laughs> Uh, but it is an old fort. It started in 1826, and then the U.S. government sold it to the Baptist in 1949, I believe it what? was. But there's the barrack buildings, there's the, you know, all the uh, masonry where the cannons were facing mm. out over the water. I just love the history of That's it. Awesome. Walking around. Yeah. It's beautiful, and the buildings are quite nice. So they have to choose it as a meeting Yes, camp. all summer long it's for um, conferences. conferences and summer camps for kids. Oh. And it's funny, when I mentioned it on Facebook, I had all kinds of people write back and say, oh, we went there when we were teenagers. Oh, you know? cool. So it's, it's certainly been a big part of North Carolina Baptist oh. life. But they let anyone go. Like we rented that the Reynolds Homestead, Virginia Tech, right. you know, rented this one house mm. that we all stayed in. There were fourteen of us. Yeah. And I drove the van with all the luggage. So I followed the bus. Right. And know. they were having an art. Yes, they were watercolor painting with Jim McIntosh. Yeah. Outdoor, you know, the plein air. Nice. So, yeah, it was just <laughs> fun. A couple days to be out of town. Yeah, that mm -hmm. was great. Now there's some perks to some jobs. Yes, <laughs> yes. And what else has been going on? Well, we also had a Reynolds Homestead Friends uh, dinner and silent auction. Mm -hmm. And the one purchase that I got... Um, was yes, and remind me, I'll take a picture Absolutely, of yeah. this. It is a pencil sketch, uh, pen and ink sketch done by one of my favorite local artists, Cindy Howe. Yeah, Ragtop Designs, mm -hmm. and it's of a log cabin. And it just you know, it sort of looks like Amy Sheeler's log cabin, it it does, it? Very now much. that I yep. really look at it. Yeah, it's yeah. Very she has a uh, Facebook page she calls Rustic Cabins, I believe. Cindy does? Yeah, yeah ah. I'm pretty sure it's her. And she puts up pictures of wonderful cabins that people sent her, I guess. Oh, I and didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's... I'll look it up before and, and put a link to it. Well, she always does a beautiful church every Sunday. Oh, and yeah. says, thank God it's Sunday. Right. And I don't know where she finds some I of these know. I churches. I love this one. This Today, the one was today was really beautiful. rustic. Mm -hmm. Looked like uh, those ones up in Taswell and the, with the sort of Middle European mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. look to it. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. 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 So. so, but she's she's quite a talented lady. Yes. And also musically talented, I think. Oh yes. In uh -huh. fact, the Reynolds Homestead. Um, we fed the senior luncheon. They eat down at Rotary Field once a month. Uh -huh. They, you know. Um, it's just this group, yeah. and we had about 70 people wow. that we fed. Lisa Martin and I fed wow. them, and uh, of course she cooked, I served. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Cindy and her husband, and a Mr. Shepherd, I don't remember his first name, they were the musical entertainment, nice. the program yeah. mm -hmm. that day. Oh, yeah. Cindy has beautiful Multi, voice. Multi-talented lady. Yes. Yes. Yep. And we will tell her that we're talking about her. Yes. So, <laughs> so her ears will start burning. But yeah, 
Patrick County has some really talented people. I um, speaking of the homestead. Yesterday, we they had the Reynolds Homestead uh, Holiday Craft Show. Uh huh. Second annual. Second annual, and there were twenty eight vendors. And the talent was really impressive. That was a high class it craft was show. Really impressive. Yes. I was yes. the the girl across from me was doing. I, I didn't really have time to go look at her stuff closely, but she had some jewelry that just blew me away. Um, had it looked like beadwork and a lot of different things that she had going, and uh, just the soap maker beside me. The uh, lady that makes the great dog treats was beside me. <laughs> uh, just uh, a, a basket maker that hadn't been really doing it long. She's good. She's yeah. very good. Her husband's a minister at a couple of the Methodist ah, churches. So, okay. well, but they re there. retired here and built a home. So nice. yeah. yeah, he took a part-time yeah. uh, appointment. Well, yeah, she's very talented. and uh, she is, And she's was, sweet. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, and Happy Bees. The, oh, Leanne, yeah. yes, <laughs> yep, yes, so, the teas. And our friend Sarah Rayburn with um, Spoon Mountain Farm. Mm-hmm, and that Laura was, Mahaffey. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get downstairs for about 30 seconds. Uh -huh. And then I uh, was upstairs for the rest of the day, so I didn't get to talk to many people. But Denise Platts, yeah. another, so there were a few of you from the mountain, at yeah. least three of yeah. you. So it was a really good show. Andrea Frazier's nephew. Oh, which one was he? He had the glass bottles that he made into wind chimes. The oh, I wine saw bottle. those. Yes, yeah. and bird beers. They were very nice. They were very nice. Yeah, I saw those when I went downstairs. He wasn't down there yet. Uh, I called mm -hmm. the girls to Andrea across the room, yeah. but I didn't get a chance to catch her eye. And uh, so, yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, good, good folks. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else been. I went to Harara. If, you, if that's how you pronounce it, Vineyards on Wednesday ah. down in Dobson, south of Mount Airy, for lunch with my wild women friends. Okay, I and didn't know about that one. And it was excellent food. Okay, well, Very we'll have to nice. look that up, too, mm -hmm. and figure out where that um, Why, it, at. It's H-E-R-R-E-R-A. Huh. I knew there was a winery. There's a winery down there. Near Dodson that I've heard of, but that's there's not a few. Yeah. There's a few. Okay. And this had another name because I was there about eight years ago mm. for a birthday, um, but they have fixed it up. It's uh, very nice. Yeah, okay. yeah. That was that was a treat. You've been busy. I worked the polls too. You worked the polls. I know we're not going to talk the election, well, even though you and I are in complete accordance. Yeah, absolutely. But we're still not going to talk. And, and we're a minority it, in well, certain in areas. Patrick, <laughs> yeah, certainly in Patrick County. Yeah. But um, it was an it was a great day to work. You know, yeah. from five in the morning till eight in the evening. Oh yeah. It's long, but I worked with such a good crew. Oh, yeah. The five of us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, met as a Dan, and we yeah. had 70%, more than 70%, I yeah. believe. Yeah, it was a big turnout. Yes. So. So we were busy. We didn't yeah. have time to... We didn't fiddle around. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I took Daddy out, uh, 82 years old, did his duty. It was good to see you Yeah, all. and we did what we did, and um, so it was good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes. All right, so what else we got? Going on anything? That's about it. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, I have. A little sweet, which is when we talk about knitting stuff. Maybe bore you with the knitting. I learned. <laughs> but um, I just kind of poked around on the internet and found some fun things. And one thing I found, somebody had put this on Facebook. And it's the cutest little crocheted chicken hot holder. Okay. Oh, that is cute. It's that looks like something our grand great grandmother great might have made. Probably have made this, and uh, there is a tutorial, a YouTube tutorial with uh, on how to make it. Make sure you don't use acrylic yarn because it will not stand the heat. And you will get burned. Oh, so what melts. do you use? Cotton would be the best thing. Mm. Yeah, you know, um, just be really careful. 
uh, if you're going to use it. Now, if you want to just hang them on the walls, so it's pretty. You mm -hmm. can use anything you want. Well, it almost looks like the crocheting, the fine crocheting, like what's on the back of chairs and yeah, arms. Yeah, it looks of, like a doily. A doily, that's yeah. the word. Yeah, but it's doubled, mm. I bet. I bet you it, it's got two. But it would be really cute in the kitchen just hanging up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyway, I saw that three or four times on Facebook. So, I thought, well, this sounds like something people might You have enjoy. different friends on Facebook. I've never seen that in yeah, my life Yeah, before. I have a few different people. <laughs> and this just tickled me to death. And I know other people may have known about this. I'm always slow to find out about it. But there is a TV show on Netflix now that originated in Norway. And it's called Slow TV. Oh, I have heard of it. And it's really a, um, it would be really cool for, for us crafters because a lot of times, you know, I'll be working on something and then I'll be watching this mystery and it gets really intense and I stop or I make a mistake because I've been watching the mystery. And so uh, you can do a seven-hour scenic train ride from Bergen to Oslo. Oh, yeah, no. and there was one. One of the first ones was early effort, or one of the first ones is burning Yule logs. Oh, that'd be nice. So it's just, just like yeah, sitting just, in... until the Yule log burns up, I guess. <laughs> and a driver's view of complete British whale journeys. Well, that would be interesting. Yeah, I think it? it would be interesting. Is it's just it's not really. Let's see. In 2011, an entire ship voyage was broadcast for 134 continuous hours. Nah, that's a little long. Yeah, so, <laughs> but you can watch a 37-minute time lapse if you can't spare, spare the five and a half days. So, uh, but the show progressed and the ratings climbed. Half of the Norwegian population to turn tuned in at some point. And so it became an interactive event with people meeting the ship from coast to coast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and following it in smaller boats, you know, uh, and filming the filming. Uh, so 12 hours about firewood, including eight uninterrupted hours of a burning fireplace. That'd be nice. I think 18 hours of salmon swimming upstream, which some felt was too short. <laughs> Oh, that's so, that, it is rather bizarre, though. Yeah. I mean, I can see where you put the crackling Yule log or right. whatever, because. It's in the background. Right. I mean, I don't have TV, so. Well, this I don't is all need, on Netflix. It's all on Netflix, yeah. right. So I guess I could watch it then, couldn't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah. But, no, when I sit down to watch it, I want a murder mystery. Yeah, yeah, I think really, you know. A yeah. hundred hours of Magnus Carlson playing chess. Oh, my God. A 30-hour interview with a noted author. They don't say who. How many hours? 30 hours. Who could you listen to? <laughs> maybe, you know, one of those great historians, David McAuliffe or somebody. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah right. Um, right. I could listen Doris Gurney. Who was the man with the lovely voice um, that wrote oh, the Civil Alistair War? Oh, Alice Jeremy. Oh, no. Shelby Foote. Shelby Foote. I could listen to him for 30 hours. Mm -hmm. No problem. Mm -hmm. Well, especially if they were reading their books. Yeah, now, yeah, I would like that. that. Yeah, And then several continuous hours of sweater production from shearing to knitting. Now, I can get into that. Sure, you'd love, y'all yeah. love that. Sheep to shawl. Yeah, well, now they're, right now they are planning a day in the life of a snail. <laughs> a I don't know what to say. <laughs> a 24-hour long program following construction workers building a digital star clock out of wood, shuffling planks to match each passing minute. Hmm. So this is a reality show I could get into. I hate reality shows. I do too, but I could deal with this. Yeah, one. yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know. I just, I just thought to, it was funny. It's worth, I, I had heard somebody mention it, yeah. but not all those different topics. That's... Yeah, well, you know, it just really was funny mm -hmm. to me. Well, and fact, it is a Norwegian public television. Mm -hmm. But I if think. people are watching it... Yeah, I mean, it works. 
<laughs> There's a reason. <laughs> Must be a lot of knitters, because that makes sense, what you're saying yeah. about... Well, if you get into, like, a mar knitting marathon, which you can, mm -hmm. you know, uh, sometimes I will... Sometimes I will knit five and a half days. Right. You know, if I've got a project that I'm working on. So, um, so yeah, I could kind of relate to some of this. <laughs> and it'd be sort of peaceful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm not giving up my mysteries either. No, no. Yeah. All right, and then on Ravelry, um, a popular item. There was 137 projects um, on it, but it was... Um, queued up like 3,000 times, or people had added it to things that they wanted to do. It's called the Freeze, F-R-I-E-Z-E, -E, Shawl. And it's by Lisa Haynes. And it's a colorwork shawl. Which is, and it's very oh, that's pretty. pretty. It's yes. very pretty, and it's a little unusual. And I haven't gotten into colorwork, and I really need to. But I, it says it's not that, uh, it's a quick and easy fun knit stitch pattern um, that looks complicated, but it's easy because it's using a mosaic technique. Slip stitches, one color at a time, and one little trick that she's um, She'll teach you, out. and that's yeah. what you're paying for. Yeah, yeah, it, it's 350 euro, which I, I'm not sure how that what the exchange rates are now, so around five dollars or thereabouts. <laughs> but several people have made some really, oh this is a dramatic one, in just black and white. Mm -hmm. I like that. And several people made some different um, versions of it and it's really attractive. So I might get into it. You know, I've got plenty to do. <laughs> but winter is coming. Yeah, so, um, but it looks like people really have been enjoying making it. And uh, it's made with Malabrigo Yarn, which is a company that we all know and love. Uh, and Wollmeister, which is another company that we all love. So it's a really luxurious yarn. And of course, you could use other things too. So, um, looks like it may be a um, Aran uh, thickness, a little, uh, a little finer than uh, worsted weight. And lastly, is that a word? It is a word. <laughs> I know this cute little thing. It's totally useless. I mean, it's not useful. Most of the time, I find things that are useful. But oh. I just thought this was so cute. Uh, it's a yarn sheep brooch. Brooch? brooch. How do you say it? I never can say that. I have word. no idea uh, how you actually say it. It's by Danielle V. Green, which is the name of the shop. And she's, if I understand it right, she has put a drawing of hers on a piece of plastic and made a pin out of it. Uh, you know, a, a, a brooch. 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 Yeah. Uh, but is it yarn? Is it knitted? No, it's 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 a little piece of plastic, and she has um, this is her original watercolor um, illustration, okay. and she has gotten it on a piece somehow some technique that is printed on this little piece of plastic, and it's the cutest little thing. It's a yarn. It's a little sheep, and his wool is made out of yarn balls. Uh, that's where the yarn comes yeah, in. Yeah, and it's just so cute. Well, I wonder if she uses, you know, 3D printers. I wonder. Yeah, if we're going to talk about 3D printers next time. Are we? Is that yeah. going to be your topic? Well, it's not going to be my topic, but it's going to be in the little suite. Uh-huh. Because there's some amazing things people are doing. Absolutely I am are. so impressed. And the really funny thing was that, but two years ago, we were walking down the street in Abingdon, mm -hmm. talking about what... Um, mm -hmm business could come what, to net as a dam yeah, what, that would be low impact. Yeah, and we were, and, and I suggested, one of you suggested. I suggested because I had just gone to Martinsville where Patrick Henry Community College had a 3D printing lab. Yeah. And we had gone over to tour it. And people have just run with this. Yes, stuff. and see now you they're inexpensive enough. Yeah, they're 300 people, to $3,000. Right, yeah. right. 
But you, but you do have to, if you want to do your own designs, you need to learn some pretty heavy design mm -hmm. programs. But anyway, so yeah, I'm not sure if this is actually a uh, 3D printer or if it's uh, some sort of um, transfer me me uh, method that she's done and then lasered out. But it's really cute. It is cute. And it's $9, which is not a, a, a bad um, price for a... A little, a little pen, gift. right? Um, yeah, a little gift for, for your favorite. And they're not mother. useless. Once in a while, I use a pen if I feel, you know, I can be a little little modest. And if I feel something's a little low, yeah, yeah. that's when I use my pens. I have a lot of pens. Yeah, that I have my mother's and yeah. Aunt Grace's. And yeah, I've got my great-grandmother's. My... Right, so right. And, and they're great for uh, if you've got scarves. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, a lot of scarves... Uh, it's really nice to have a pen with mm -hmm. So it's really cute. And so I'll put a link to it. And I'm Is like, that from Etsy or what's that? This from? is an Etsy mm -hmm. shop. Uh-huh. Yeah, Etsy's my place to go to for fun things. And um, it, she has 998 reviews. And she's been favorited by 589 people. So I'd say it's probably right. safe to say she's a reliable seller. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and as far as knitting goes for me, nada. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I haven't done much of it. Well, anything. you had a lot at the show yesterday. Yeah, that's so. what really I've been doing is uh, making things for shows, making things for the shop. Cause I'm things really you're going to sell. Yeah, I've just really sold down. And I did make, a, and I'm hoping to get a picture of the, uh, I made a Christmas present for a friend of ours, uh, Janie Spence, uh, uh, for her to give to her granddaughter. Oh, cool. And I hope she gets a picture of the child because it's the cutest little thing. And uh, so i got to get it to her uh, this week. Neat. Yeah. So They just went and rode the Polar Express down at the Spencer oh, Railroad cool. Rail Yard down North Carolina. Oh, cool. Yeah, a oh, whole fun. evening and oh, they go nice. on the train. That's, That's the fun nice. thing about grandchildren. <laughs> yes, yes. You can take them and do things like that. Yeah, so. mine, mine wants to go bowling over Thanksgiving. All so right. we'll see how sore Grandma is when she yeah. comes back. Oh, yeah. Well, you should have fun, though. Oh, we will. Yeah, we yeah will. you got Thanksgiving coming up. Yes, yeah. yeah. About, about 30 of us are meeting yeah. in Durham. Oh, Durham. This We're all flying in the... Or, well, I'm driving, of yeah. course, but down all to right. Durham. That yes. will be fun. Yes. We will enjoy that. Okay. So, a little tart. This was your... My time idea. to pick a topic. And yeah. you know me. I almost always pick something to do with books. Absolutely. So, I sent a uh, message to you and I said, how about coming up with your 10 or 5 or whatever most favorite books. Oh, no, you said the most influential. Most influential books. Yeah. Yes, so because favorite's thing. too easy. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Yeah. And I came up with, you know, 10 favorite, but most mine I could justify as influential. But then I went walking around my house no. and came up with 10 different ones that got me through various periods oh. of my life and where I lived. So they were the influence while I was in a certain place. Okay. Even though they might have had nothing to do with that place. Right. It, it was what I was but reading. Yeah. You know, for example, yeah. I'll just give one. And um, when I was pregnant, I could not get enough of Taylor Caldwell. There was a period in my life I loved Taylor Yes. Caldwell. I mean, I probably have 10 of her paperbacks. And you can see this is an old yellow paperback. Yeah. I can't throw them out. No. Uh, or not throw them out. When would I throw out a book? Yeah, yeah. But that give them to you. a book, right. book sale or even sell yeah. them over at Chicks or whatever. Because they're my friends. Yeah. They got me through my pregnancy. Right. I even named my son Taylor. Even right. though it didn't, that's not the reason <laughs> not why. The reason, but. but it was, it was a nice coincidence. Ah. Yes. Well, but I read it at a different time period. It was in my early 30s. Mm-hmm. And the books that uh, were the most powerful to me were her historical, um, about 
Peter and Paul. Oh, absolutely. The biblical characters. The biblical ones. I, uh, was it one? She, did she write the one called I, Judas? Yes, yeah. she did. Yeah. And, and Great and Glorious Physician. Great, uh -huh, great Line, great of, line God. of God. That was about Paul. And, and then the ones I also loved were the ones set in Greece. Uh, the ones about mm -hmm. um, the um, the Cortesian. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember right off the top of my head. but The names of those. Yeah. And then a lot of them were about Irish families Absolutely. here in the United States and the whole dynasty. Did you ever read the um, biography or the uh, biography of her by Jeff Strang? No, that's so funny though. I just found an Edgar Casey biography this afternoon of by Jester. Well, he wrote. Well, it wasn't exactly a biography, and for Jester and uh, bringing Edgar Casey up mm -hmm. was a author, and may still be. I don't. I haven't followed him mm -hmm. in many years. Um, of metaphysical. Wrote about yeah, metaphysical, mm -hmm. and wrote about reincarnation. Right. Idea. Yes. Yes, he did. And he got the idea from some of uh, Caldwell's writings. And some of his conversations with her, he actually did talk to her that she was a reincarnation of somebody. Yeah, well, I think she channeled. Yeah. I do. And well, I know and that might sound a little crazy to uh -huh. people, but if you've read... Yeah, some of the stuff that she wrote it's about unreal. Paul. Yes. And, uh, and in this novel, or in this um, biography, she had actually been approached by people, like in scholars, and said, how did you find this? And there was proof that she didn't realize mm -hmm. of, say, like a, um, she had a description of Paul. Uh, there was actually a, um, you know, a old piece of writing, not at the same time of Paul, but gave sort of a description of him. And several other things mm -hmm. that um, she challenged. And the, the most amazing thing to me was when she wrote about the mother of Mary Magdalene. Mm -hmm. The emotions in that character were so powerful. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, if 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 y'all out there in Radio Land, yeah. podcast land, yeah. have never read, and I would suggest probably the biblical. The and biblical some of her ones. books were weird. Yeah. Now yeah. some yeah. like the listener. I the mean, listener, that was but powerful. I, loved I liked it too. Uh -huh. But she wrote another one. Wicked Angel. Wicked was that the one? Mm -hmm. I started to say Devil's Advocate. Wicked, Wicked Angel, Angel was the name of that. Yeah. That one was weird. That was strange. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The listener was lovely. I still have yes. the copy, of it. and yeah. I have. I think I have all of this, the historical ones, the way back historical mm -hmm. ones. Yeah. Uh, but you definitely, yeah. If um, and do you know what though? She was very conservative politically. Yeah. And she was she was British. She didn't believe in the reincarnation thing. <laughs> I know it was so <laughs> odd because here she was, and I think maybe I've even mentioned this before on a podcast. But she was my sister's father-in-law's secretary really? before she became an author. I didn't know You that. didn't know that? No. So then I no, didn't I don't mention think we it. talked about that. Okay, yes. When she first came over and he read some of her writing and encouraged wow. her to write. Wonderful. And this would have been, oh golly, the, the judge. That was, right. he was Judge Robert. Ludwig. He was a federal judge. Wow. And he, gosh, when I started to meet him and get to know him, he was already in his 70s. Yeah. So, and this would have been when I, 1975, yeah. 70, yeah. right up until Taylor was born in 82. Right. But I was reading, right. you know, reading and her. And a lot of her books were written well before Oh, well, in, yeah, especially in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, definitely. But isn't that something? Yeah, yeah. So he was blown away when he saw me reading. Yeah, and her in books. her later years, I don't think she was a particularly happy person. No, I don't think from so what either. I understand. Yeah, yeah, but which is sad. But, but she's yeah. she's someone that I hope is not forgotten. No, yeah. I've, well, I've had people come in actually looking for her books mm, in good. the shop. Good. So there are a few people that still know, but mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess they're still on print. I don't really know. I don't know that. Yeah, I don't yeah. really know. But the the big ones of the the oh Luke great and great and glorious physician. physician. Yeah. I love that one. Yeah, Luke, Peter, well, Luke and Paul. I know she wrote and I about Judas. Them. 
And Which I, was a whole different perspective. It was really different. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think some of that was the one where it had so much power. It, that one was a powerful book to me. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, uh, and I think that was the book, it's been years since I read them, but I think that was the book that had the mother of Mary Magdalene, that was Might the character been. that was just mm -hmm. so... The emotions of this woman mm -hmm. were just so un, un, so real to me. You know why not? I've never been a mother. Why may, to me? I you know I've never been a mother or whatever. But that, that just resonated with me. So yeah, so now we have got, one. Yeah, you've got me wanting to read. Yeah, we need to get back to Taylor Cogwell. Yeah, I thought we weren't going to have any in common. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Leslie, of course okay. we will. All right. So, well, I'm pretty sure we have one in common. I think we do, and it's probably the one that Ruth Jean told me. Ruth Jean is our neighbor down the road, yes. a very wise, wise woman. woman. Yep. And I was talking with her when I went to I went to visit her last yeah. week, and um, I said, uh, well, maybe it's been two weeks, and she said, I was telling her about books, and she said, I know one book that you, Leslie, and me would all agree on, yeah. and that's Little Women. Absolutely. Yes. It's the first book I really remember reading. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's not the first book I ever read. Right. Oh, no. no. Yeah, but it's the very first book I remember reading, mm -hmm. you know, and we read it. Uh, we had a tattered copy that belonged to my grandmother, I guess, that had been passed down through my mother to me. And I was probably in the second or third grade, mm -hmm. first time I read it. Mm -hmm. And it was like the big one. It was yes. it was Little Women and Good Wives. Uh-huh. You know, uh -huh. it wasn't a children's version. Right, right. You know, but what struck me about it, or one of the many things that struck me about it, is that I wanted to be Amy that I knew I was Joe. Right, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, was the war. Oh, yes, the that Civil was War. That was my mm -hmm. first experience with the Civil War. And from a Union perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember asking my mother about it. And I don't remember her exact answer, but I remember so clearly that Virginia was wrong. You know, she made it clear to me that what... And I, she didn't really mean Virginia was wrong, but Virginia lost the war. Uh -huh. And that struck me, because this was during the Vietnam era. Well, especially as a young girl. Really? And you yeah. love Virginia. This yeah, is home. Yeah, exactly. Is... Yeah. And mm -hmm. the Vietnam era was going on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were watching Vietnam on TV every night. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't know if, I don't watch uh, television news now, so I don't know if they do the same thing. But we were actually watching it. Oh, yes. They're right in front of us. And it's like, we could lose this. Mm -hmm. So it was scary. It was scary. And it's like, God might not be on our side. Mm -hmm. You know, because that, I mean, in the, in the um, pulpits everywhere, God is always on American side. Right. You know, but in this case... With North and South. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it was a complicated thing for a five or six year old, seven year old to deal with. Yes. So yeah, it was I, an impression. Yeah, <laughs> I just I I remember the war part too, though I'm not so sure it clicked in my brain. Well, it's so not much that of heavy. the Civil War. Yeah. It was just the sadness of their father leaving right. and going yeah. away. Yeah. But they I didn't, think they it didn't was, dwell on it. No, because yeah. their mother, Marmy, wouldn't let them. Right. <laughs> right. Well, the book, you know, uh, mm -hmm. um, Louisa didn't dwell on it either. Right. right. You know, so, uh, and of course it was my first introduction to transcendentalism ideas. Right. Ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, so, yeah, all right, we can talk about, well, I can talk about a yes. hundred years for well, one yeah. of these books. Well, I think we should mention that Joe really did shape our whole idea of what women could accomplish exactly. and do. Exactly. And we were getting that from all sides yeah. at that period in yeah. time. The Absolutely. feminine mystique, Ms. Magazine coming Absolutely. out, just everything. So well, we are that working, era. Or my mother working. Yeah. You know, most of the women that I admired in our, my childhood well, even my grandmother worked. She took care of children. Mm -hmm. But most of the women that I, uh, Becky Sheeler um, and several of Alva Stanley and relatives were working women. And my mother. 
for mm-hmm. working women. Mm-hmm. And that was, and of course, part of it was economics. You had post op, postmistresses, several up here yeah. in Madison. Yeah, of course, that was a little bit later, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Willie Wood was the postmaster through all my childhood. But, but he married a working woman, mm-hmm. you know, and um, so yeah, the, a lot of a lot of these things were shaping us right at the time, right. Yeah. All right, tell me another book. You're okay. right, boy. We've gotten through well, two. <laughs> yeah, and of course a little later. And this was also from my family, or from my mother and grandmother, Anne of Green Gables. Of course. But well before. And, and it was like an act of Congress. My aunt went to great lengths. We had one of the books that had been passed down through the family. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't the original Anne of Green Gables, I don't think. We had, we had like this old green, we had two. Of the books, of the series. Of the series. But yeah. you didn't have the first one? We didn't have the first one. We oh didn't my have goodness. the full series. So my aunt, back in, I mean, this is like back well before internet. Well, she hired somebody. To find To it. find these books. Aww. because, And I think she finally found them in Canada. Aww. And got them and sent them down here to us. And Mama still has them and won't let go of them. But of course, <laughs> now you can get them in paperback because of the TV series. But at that time... Well, now, the first one I read was a paperback, yeah. and I got it. I sneaked it out of my sister Ruthie's bookcase. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was about 12, and yeah. it was a paperback copy. Well, we had no idea. Mm-hmm. You know, my aunt had, um, and, you know, maybe she had found them paperback, but she found hardbacks. Nice. You know, and, and sent them down to us, and she found them. And the ones she found all match. You know, they were used books. I'm pretty sure they weren't new. And uh, but they were a newer version or a new newer edition than the old ones. So, uh, so how we have, nice! We have all of them. We have um, we got. Um, I don't even know how many. Oh, that's Anne I'm, of Green Gables, Anne of Avonlea, um, Chronicles of Avonlea. Uh, let's see, Anne uh, Anne of the Island, uh, Anne of um, Anne House of Green. Anne of Ingleside, um, Rainbow Valley, and Rollerwood of Ingleside. Oh, and Further Chronicles of There were nine. <laughs> and you know they're making a new series. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know how they could do any better than that one that the uh, that lovely girl was. Right, I guess yes. it was BBC. Yeah, was that B or Wonderworks or something? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a, a nice was a really done. good one. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, that's uh, nobody else except you. That I've ever mentioned Anna Green Gables to that's my age, um, you know, un- until the last 10 or 20 years, has heard of her. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Nobody I went to school with knew. Oh, and they were so wonderful. Because they were not in the library. Oh. They were not in the school libraries. You know, it was just because, and my grandmother was an avid reader all her life. And she, um, would get a hold of these books somehow. Oh yeah, and pass them down to her daughters. Well, thank heavens, yeah, Absolutely. my whole family all yeah. avid readers, <laughs> including you know all the aunts and uncles. Absolutely, and, yes. Yep. All right, and then getting into high school, mm-hmm. as we talked about in boobs and space, right? Um, was when I discovered science fiction. Oh yes, yeah, major discovered science fiction. Uh, so I went through Arthur Clarke and Isaac Asimov and Robert Heinlein, except he got to be a little weird later, and George Orwell and Douglas Adams, and just devoured all that stuff. I was like one of the first subscribers to the Isaac Asimov science fiction magazine. You know, I don't <laughs> even know how I found out about it. <laughs> so, so that was a big influence. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and a big influence in my thinking, because I've always been interested in sciences. And um, finding out how things work. That's good. And you yeah. know, it's funny. I never was a science fiction person, yeah. or not much. You know, once in a while. Yeah. Or fantasy either. You oh, know, yeah. Which I is a, a whole nother realm. And I never, I just never could. And it took when I was living in Vermont, and my next door neighbor, Jane. Root, she said, Beth, you have to read The Mist of Avalon by Marion Zimmer Bradley. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, that is one of the best books I have 
ever read. I think it's the best book she ever wrote. Well, now that could be because I don't know that I ever read. I've read else. a lot of her other stuff, and because I was into fantasy too, and this was. This was this was almost like something like the Taylor Caldwell. Yes, it's like something she was above. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And yeah, the Mist of Avalon is just an incredible tale of you know King Arthur from yeah. the women's point th of the view. woman's point of view. Yeah. And it is just an amazing book, and it's not something I would have read. No, you're normal. Unless. Person. You know, my trusted yeah. neighbor and walking buddy Jane hadn't said, "You've got to read this." Right. So I highly recommend anyone who has not read *The Mist of Avalon* yeah. to read it. Well, I liked it, but I liked a hundred times better, and I wrote like nothing else really that uh, Mary Stewart ever wrote. Mm -hmm. But I loved her Merlin series. Uh, there were three of them. One's the Crystal Cave, one's the Hollow Hills, and one's the Last Enchantment. Right. I've heard of all those, yeah. but I wouldn't. I love them. They're, they're, they're the story, the point of view of Merlin. Right. And I, the only thing I didn't like about Marion is she was not kind to Merlin. Mm-hmm. In the, in the Merlin. Right. Right. And she was. She was. Of course, she was focusing on. She was doing the, on the women, and on, Merlin was. Um, yeah. You know, he was not exactly. Um, he and uh, Morgana and, and the and uh, the others kind of um, clashed. But but I really liked the Mary Shirt series. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, and I think okay. there are four of them. I can't remember the third one. But the Crystal Cave was the first one. The Hollow Hills was the second one, and. The other thing I liked about it was there's so much about the early Welsh. Right. Yes. In it. Yeah. And that was really interesting. And it was mystical, but it was realism. I guess it's a that's a new genre. Right. And this is a, this was an old thing in the it was a mystical realism. There she had it was magical, but she had reasons for it to happen. And she made Merlin an engineer. So, to, because of some of the legends about him. So, I think that anybody that was really into the King Arthur story would really get a lot out of it. Would enjoy that. Yeah. Well, good. Uh, yeah. So, what else? Well, another one that was one of my favorite books um, when I lived in Vermont is The Madness of a Seduced Woman. I'd never seen that before. By Susan Fromberg Schaefer. And yeah. it's one of my all-time favorite okay. books. I will even loan you this, though. It was a Christmas present from my friend Bettina. Ah. She was my best friend in Vermont. Ah. And so, she found this some... Perfect uh, yes for me to you. Yes. <clears throat> and sweet. it is just... I mean, it's heartbreaking in many ways. It's about... The old asylums, and mm -hmm. you know how men would send the women wow. off, yeah. you know. But the madness of a seduced woman—it's wow. very powerful. And I will let you borrow it. Well, let me wait a little while. I've got a stack. This winter, well, like yeah. we, I, I don't have a stack. I yeah, know well, you I do want, too. I don't want to keep but I recommend that once yeah, again to people. And Susan Fromberg Schaefer has written several other books uh -huh. and. And I've gotten them because I love that one so much. Yeah. But once again, that was her masterpiece. That was her masterpiece. Yes. All right. Well, what about the King James Bible? What about it? Wasn't it influential in your life, in a way? You know what? We never read the King James Bible. Oh, really? No, no. The King James, that even when I was born, that was... Oh, not really? not in our big city oh, that's church. Interesting. Oh no, no, yeah. no. And um no, even my grandmother's Bible I mean there were I'm sure there was a copy of the King oh, yeah. James around. Yeah. But that was never ever what we read. See, I love the poetry of it. I yes. And I have I have another translation um that I like a lot, it's the revised. It was done back in the mm -hmm. 80s mm -hmm. that kept the poetry, mm -hmm. but they used a lot of the uh, King, uh, the Getty Trolls and a lot of things to fix some stuff in Isaiah and, and stuff. But how it was powerful to me was it got me so interested in early church history. 
you know, I've, I've, I've probably read the Bible more than most Christians. I've read the whole Bible <laughs> through more than a lot of Christians. Right. Well, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm not a Christian, but... Right, right. But, but, um, but read you read it through for very... I know, I've read it through several times. Yeah. And, of course, I was a religion major at college, well, yeah, too. Course, so, yeah. you know, I was... I was reading it in a different way, yeah. and I still don't know a whole lot of Old Testament. I mean, that yeah. was, if I could avoid well, the New that, Testament I did. Was, yeah, the New Testament was what got mm -hmm. me interested in mm -hmm. early church history, mm -hmm. you know, and reading all of these different things. Right, but, the, and there's times that the King James is is just lyrical and musical no, poetry but I don't know I, I think even when I was young and you gotta remember I come from a family of even my grandfather was you know the minister was sure. Dr. Paul Flanagan oh, sure, so yeah. Yeah. as scholars right. they scoffed at the King really? James because yeah. You know, when it was written, they just did a whole lot of things that they wanted to do oh, and sure. were not faithful to the Greek and the Latin. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's why so, I read it a lot. Well, right. I really want to know what it said, and I really wish I had had sense enough when I was young to, t to do Greek and Latin and Aramaic and all of that so right. I could read it originally. Right. Yeah, you because know, I do have to rely on translations. Yeah. And as we... Uh, talked about in a, uh, we just recently read Madame Bovary, right? And uh, in our book club, and we each read a portion of. The Wasn't book. that amazing? And there was, and as important as the words were to that author, every single translation was different. Every single translation was different. So that makes you think. And then I read another book one time. Uh, oh, Thomas Mann. I was mm -hmm. reading Thomas Mann translated from the German, and in the front, it's pointed out that there are certain concepts in German that are not translatable into English. Oh, I'm sure. Okay, and we're well, pretty most languages. Yeah, yeah. And so, but that struck me because I'm like, okay, here we are, you know, with a common frame of reference pretty much, European, you know, backgrounds, uh, and coming from at least the same continent. How on earth are we going to understand something written 2,000 years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so that got me too to thinking. Well, it's funny. I just read one of the rabbi books the uh -huh. other night. You yeah. know, one of those mysteries. Oh, the sure. rabbi left town, and sure. um, but but he talks about certain um, Jewish phrases and sure. this and how they are not. Yeah. Even though you know he's living right there in Boston, yeah. But it's still he has to struggle to find. The way to describe it to a non-Jewish yeah. it's a wonder person. we it's no wonder we have divides. Uh huh. Yeah. Our cultures yeah, are cultural very divides. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But but yeah, I think I would have. But to anyway, say. it's interesting, and well, and even just to say the Bible as yeah. as an yeah, influence an growing yeah. up. Yeah. In fact, I almost grabbed a copy of uh, when I was going through books this afternoon of the Bhagavad Gita, oh, yeah. which, you know, I'd never even heard of till I went to college, oh, you yeah. know, and that yes, was... The, the and Bible then, started me into Buddhism right, exactly. and all these other writings. And uh, I, I've even read the Quran. Yeah, I have too. Yeah. Well, not all. I have not read all the Quran, but I have read certainly parts yeah. of it. And, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah I'd, I'd say it's an influence. Of course, you know, I grew up in the country churches. Mm -hmm. And with the King James Bible, and then uh, what was it? The Good News Bible. Oh yes, yeah. see that, that came out in the seventies. I know that was pretty bad. <laughs> yes, but some of them I like the Living Bible, and yeah. I have people who make fun of me, like Old Beth. I yeah. said no, I like it. I I, I understand that it's yeah, pretty yeah. simplistic in some, yeah. but it's not. That bad. Yeah, it's not well, as bad know, as the good the, news. Whatever speaks to you. With the good news, yeah, they all yeah. Gave, they gave us each when we Everyone. were teenagers. Yes, my they grandmother used to pass those out to yeah. people. We got one when we were kids. Yes, and, and yeah. I ran across it mine yeah. the other day. I was like, don't know why I'm keeping this. J. B. Phillips. Wasn't that his name? The yeah. Good News Bible. I think so. Yeah. I could yeah. see them in her closet, <laughs> yeah, in her cupboard, yeah. and she yeah. handed. But but you know, it did what it was supposed to do. I'm sure. Did you ever reason. read the Cotton Patch version no. of the Bible? Oh, you've got to Google that. The I'll Cotton Patch. Yeah. I can't. I'll think of the guy's name in a minute. Um, 
who did that Clarence somebody Clarence um but that that that's pretty good because that yeah. makes you think. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. The the one that I the one that I go back to over and over again was written in uh, in the early eighties, I think. Mm-hmm. A and, new revised. Yeah. 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 It, it's Oxford, I think. Well, now the Oxford yeah. um, translation is what we used in college. Yeah. Yeah. This was in a, this was this was was uh, it. Was like a uh, well, maybe it came out about the same time. Yeah, because I, I was in. Because I discovered it in the yes, early seventy-five 80s. to seventy-nine, yeah. and that's so maybe, the I translation. discovered it in the early eighties, mm-hmm. and um, and I still have mine. And mm-hmm. um, we did a Bible study several years ago, and um, a lot of um, I would read a lot of it from it mm-hmm. when we did that because I did, it still had the poetry, right. The poetry's important. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right, and Ralph Ralph Waldo Emerson shaped a lot of my thinking. Uh huh. Yeah, and I guess that stems out of Little Women. Yes. So I I keep, you know, selected writings and and all sorts of different ones around all the time from Emerson. No, I think you have a little bit of the New England in you. Maybe. I think you do. <laughs> yes, yes. Maybe. Yep. Maybe I was born in the wrong place. <laughs> or you maybe were there one other Who time. knows? Yep, totally. Let's see. What do... Oh, I'll tell you what. How are we doing for time? Oh, keep on going. We're all right. Okay. We probably don't have any quotes, so. All right, and then we'll talk. We'll talk books. Maybe we can move it along, though. Yeah. But another one, like Taylor Caldwell, was Leon Uris. Mm-hmm. And reading Exodus and Trinity and oh, yeah. QB7, just all of his books. Oh, yeah. You know, another one is Irving Wallace. Mm-hmm. You just got on these kicks and yeah. you read. Everything um, they wrote. Yeah, there was another... Irving. Um, Irving Wallace, Irving. Irving Stone. Stone. Yeah, yeah. Now his were pretty good. His he were historical good, so, yeah. about artists. And uh, I yeah. remember one that influenced me was one that was about Jesse Fremont, the mm-hmm. wife of the explorer and the vice yes. president. Yeah. That was a mm-hmm. really, really good. Yeah, uh, I meant to look that one up because we read mm-hmm. the Kid Carson book. Oh, right, yes. Uh, for book club. Yes. And they mentioned her. Yes. And I would poking around and mm-hmm. I found that book and I haven't gotten it's a chance a to track it book. down. It, yeah. it, it influenced me. Yeah. Right. Cool. But anyway, I just wanted to mention him. Um, I'll tell you, another author is Jane Ann Phillips and she is from my hometown. Yeah. So she, of course, influenced a lot of us. She was older. She was about three, four grades older than me. Maybe mm-hmm. Maybe even, no, maybe even more than that. Five or six grades yeah. older than me. But we went to St. Church. Her mother right. was my first grade teacher. Well, you know, yeah. small town. And she was beautiful. Oh, so even she? us young, you know, young women. Looking. Yes, she is. She's wow. very, and she still is. You know, she's, yeah. she's still an author and, you know, lives yeah. in New York. Yeah, yeah, I know. I like her and, books um, a lot. In fact, I saw one of her books. It's an audio that's in our library uh-huh. down Stewart. So I was pleased. But this was her first novel, Machine Dreams. Wow. And it was loosely based on my hometown. Interesting. So we, you know, of course, everyone would read it and pick out who yeah. they thought. Yeah, someone. like we do with Martin. Uh, Martin, <laughs> except, yeah, she actually did have a couple that I think we really yeah. well, nailed on too, the head. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> And, um, but her, her writing was suddenly, it was very literary mm. for the folks back home. Really? And so there were people who were like, what is she talking about? Really? <laughs> yes. I but don't. they're quite lovely. Well, and they're lovely. And I found them, um, intriguing and I actually found them pretty fast. Yeah. Oh, read. yes. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I have Mother Kind that she wrote loosely based on her own mother. Uh-huh. It's a novel. And Lark and Termite. Yeah. That's the one that's on audio. It. Yeah. And, but Machine Dreams. And then she also had done short stories, Black Tickets. Ah. Yes. And, yeah. of course, the short stories. And this yeah. was just after the 70s, oh, you know, sure. or yeah. in the midst of the 70s. So right. 
you know, it was it was a little racy. Maybe right. that's yeah, the maybe word. that was it. Yeah, but certainly a beautiful, beautiful writer. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Her her work is really well. Uh, and I had no idea it was the first time I read um, something was you know a long time ago by her. And uh-huh. I really liked it, but I knew nothing about her background. Yes, here she was, yeah. right from my All right. Yes, yep. The other author from my hometown. Or there's actually been quite a few. Uh, but Stephen Kuntz, mm-hmm. you know, who writes all those Flight of the Intruder. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and his mom was friends with my mother. Mm-hmm. And his dad was friends yep. with my dad, you know. So I always knew them. And there's another, like, um, um, the our friend Nancy Ann Loudon. Mm-hmm. Now, her, her daughter just came out with the third, fourth book. Co-host who, yeah. in her series... And and they have been. I'm just so proud. Absolutely. You know, I just I love it when people from my little hometown make good. Yeah, they make absolutely. the national. And hers are Christian fiction, but you know Bethany House, the big. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You know, she's stuff. doing book signings in in awesome. the big in the big stores. You awesome. Know. So yeah, just yeah. Sarah is yeah, her name. Sarah. But, okay. Um, so let's see. You, you, well, your I've turn. Well, I've still got some. Um, well, Roots by Alex Hale. Oh yes, very good. Yeah, and um, of course, I was always interested in genealogy. I mean, I just mm-hmm. grew up. When you grow up in the town that your family's been for nine generations, you're just steeped in all these stories. Yes. And uh, but his taking of the story and and shaping it the way he did was just amazing. And I read it a long time before the very popular miniseries, which was also mm-hmm. very good. Yes, it in was. In my memory. Yes, it was. Uh, but uh, I read the book, I guess, uh, I don't know when he wrote it, but I read it not long after it came out. Yeah. I, I think I was still in high school, mm-hmm. and it was in the local library. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, so that was a good one. And then, of course, Jane Austen. Oh, you love Anything Jane by Jane Austen. <laughs> yes. You know, it's... Uh, and the color purple by Alice oh Walker yes was very very powerful mm-hmm. uh, the other thing about the place of women in the south mm-hmm. you know uh, particularly black women in the south and but the the lyricism yes uh, it's my favorite book by Alice Walker I've written, read a lot of books by her but it, except for maybe the chicken book purple. I love the chicken book <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. but but uh-huh. the color purple I love her quote about. The yeah, purple yeah, when no, they're walking in the yeah. field with the flowers. Yeah, if you insult, uh, if you walk past color purple with them. So, but that's our quote. We'll find it. Yes, we'll find yeah. that one. And then a friend of mine, I guess this was in my early forties, loaned me or bought me this book. She had found it and loved it, and so she bought it. It was called Aphrodite by Isabel Olinda. Oh yes, it's a cookbook. Uh-huh. And it's a lovely, sensuous... Well, I've read other books by yeah, her. Yeah, yes. well, this is a lovely, sensuous, and very personal cookbook. Ah. And at the time, it really spoke to me. I don't know if it would now or not, but mm-hmm. at the time, it really did. My friend Kim gave me that book. Nice. Yeah. And then, not long after that, she gave me that book. I discovered Elizabeth Gilbert, uh-huh. Eat, Pray, and Love, Eat, right. Pray, Love. And I gave that to everybody anyway uh-huh, <laughs> at the uh-huh, time. You know, yes. that, just, that one just blew me away. Oh, yeah. At the time, you know. Yeah. And, and it was the time period that I was in in my life. And when mm-hmm. I hit 40, I had this huge, about three months after I hit 40, I had this huge attitude shift. Really? Yeah. Just a huge change in the way I looked at the things. I can't really explain it. Is that when you moved back from Maine to no, Meadows and Dan? No, I was thirty. here. Oh, okay. My 30s were my hardest years. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I yeah, don't know I, if we talked about this. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. We, we did, because yeah. I think we both sort of had rough Yeah, and I think 30s. most women's 30s are their hardest mm-hmm. years. But when I hit 40, something changed in my head. And absolutely, everything was okay. Uh-huh. You felt empowered. Yeah, and the hardest things that happened to me happened after I was 40. Mm-hmm. But, but but something in my, I don't know, maybe it's maturity, I doubt it, but something in the way my thinking changed 
made it so much easier to deal with. And then when I look back at my 30s, all the things that I've struggled with that were crushing, they didn't matter. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. They really didn't. They did at the time. Yeah. But they really didn't matter. And then when I hit 40, it's like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I guess that's not really. Well, I'll tell you a book I read when I was that age okay. that sort of changed me. And this yeah. was my Florida years, which is where I turned 40 yeah. and, you know, was living. And this is called Charms for the Easy yeah. Life by Kay Gibbons. Yep. And she wrote a number of books, too. But this one, just whatever, it was so magical and wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it's Southern. She's right. a uh, North Carolina author. Right. And, yep. But this book just spoke. It worked. Another one I loved was A Woman of Independent Means by Elizabeth Forsyth Haley. Have you read this? I don't think I've seen it. It's all letters. Okay. And I love that way of writing yeah, myself. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. That is a way, if I ever wrote a book, I would love doing it, right. like Fair and Tender Ladies. Right. And, yeah. and this book is so well, the good. Yeah. Or The Color Purple. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I end up rereading it every now and then. So, oh my goodness, if you ever. They did a movie of this. A Woman of Independent Means. Well, the, mm-hmm. the name looks familiar, but I didn't mm-hmm. connect it with a book. Yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth Forsythe Haley. Okay. It was the. Oh, they did a television Mini series starring Sally Field. Wow. So I don't recall that so that much, really, yeah. but the book just really uh, 1978 cool. is when it came out. So okay. I probably, maybe I even read it in college. I can't yeah, remember, I but the first time. Right, but and, um, that's quite one good. other thing, and then we'll better wrap it up. Let's do this one as um, a little unexpected. <laughs> Yes, that is such an interesting. I love this book, but it took me years before I actually. And I have that same copy. Do you? I bet it doesn't have the books a million. Yeah, I got got that books a million. Did you? Yep. See, because this is when I worked there. Yeah, because I I read it fairly recently. It has an interesting um, story. Oh, about how it was published. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And the old man died. Yes. And his mother yes. haunted the book company. That's and, right. And then she wouldn't let him cut a word out of it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I love that story, too. Yeah. yeah. It's all So tell about... a little bit more. It's been a long time since yes. I've read it. Um, well, Ignatius J. Riley, mm-hmm. an obese genius from New Orleans, Flatulent, frustrated scholar, deeply learned in medieval philosophy and American junk food. <laughs> a confederacy of dunces. Yep. But it's a wonderful book. It's really great. It's long. Like I said, I bought it, knew I wanted to read it because, like, you know, everyone had always talked yeah, about well, it. Well, it's one of those ones that. Just like on your thousand and one list. Yes, right. You know, right. it's a book that you should but read. But then one day I picked it up right. and I started reading, and yeah. it was like, I am so glad I read yeah, this book. Absolutely. But so. yeah, I got I got mine from um, Books a Million over in Christian's book. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, there the you same go. Copy. Little sticker, huh? Yeah, it's still on my shelf. <laughs> Well, good. Well, you know what? It will see if people like this, and we certainly can do more because oh, we yeah. didn't scratch the surface. Well, yeah, we didn't talk about Lee Smith. We didn't talk about, about all these favorite people yeah. and some more about childrens that oh, like yeah. Misty and Heidi and yeah, you know just like all boxcar these. kids. And, uh, exactly. And all that. Oh yeah, I didn't even get into John Irving or Ann Tyler or oh, you know goodness. people that really made a difference. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, but people can make a difference. The the one thing that made a difference to me, the the one person that made a difference to me, literal in a literary fashion, was my third grade teacher. Oh, God bless those elementary Absolutely. school teachers. And she, her name was Eunice McAlexander. Oh yes. And in the third grade, we called her Miss Eunice because Miss Miss McAlexander was just too hard to say. <laughs> 
And she wrote a poem up on the board that she wrote uh, herself. Uh, that she actually wrote. You know, she wrote her name down uh, at the bottom. And that just blew me away. It's like, real people write all these books? Because I've been devouring books uh -huh, all uh -huh. my childhood. And, and suddenly uh, there was someone. Suddenly, there's some, real people write these books. That's and right. of course, most of the writers I was reading, Little Women, they've been dead for years. And uh, Anna Green Gables and whatever. But that just like, wow. Yes. A real person can write. Yes. A very interesting thing uh, to me. Epiphanies. Yes. <laughs> among yes. others. Uh, All right. I guess we'd better wrap it up. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, it's well, been thank fun. you for coming up with a fun topic. And uh, show notes can be found at www.quincepodcast.com. We also have a Facebook page, Quince Podcast. We are on iTunes under Quince Podcast, so you might find us easier under Beth Amon Ford or Leslie Sheeler. And we will do our best to be back in a couple of weeks. All right. Bye-bye.